Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Dot Rock. Dot is CEO and founder of Dot Rock Consulting, a holistic HR consulting company that focuses on helping entrepreneurs lean into the art of receiving support and putting on their oxygen masks first. With one life to live, it is too short to not learn to allow others to receive and delegate. Dot has become known as the hiring whisperer by her friends and colleagues because she can make this often frustrating process feel abundant. Wow, Dot, so glad you're here. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's exciting to be on your podcast. I am thrilled to have you here, and I'm going to dive right into this because as I was doing my research, a bunch of questions came up, and my first one is... Would you explain to the listeners what an employee prenup is and why we should be doing it? Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's very similar to a a marriage prenup. Um, And what that looks like is planning for the worst, planning for what would happen if this were to happen and emotions were involved or... um, you know, a a hard situation occurs and we've just thought about it ahead of time, right? Just like with a marriage. So for employee prenups, we would think about what would it look like if this employee were to leave me? What would it look like if we had a lot of drama around this person leaving and we couldn't figure out what all task that they did and their passwords, et cetera. So it's really about planning for the worst and being prepared for that. The reality is employees leave mm-hmm. and everybody's replaceable, but it's all in what our plan is to ahead of time to be ahead of that. So it feels to me like it's um, similar to an operating agreement between two partners where you create the, you know, however well you get along is fine, but you create the operating agreement so that when and if something goes, you know, askew, uh, you have this document to refer back to that is an unemotional process. Well, sure, you could do it that way. It could be an actual agreement with the employee. But I, what I find to be more effective is for the owner or the manager that hired the employee to actually already have their steps in place, their process in place for what would happen if the peanut butter to their jelly quits, right? And so it's really about this mindset of, you know what? Everyone is replaceable and it wouldn't be the worst thing that ever happened to me if this employee quit if I did X ahead of time. And what is that X ahead of time? 
That's the question that needs to be on the table, right? And that's where we really need to look. Did we, what did we do to onboard and train this employee? Have we already set up those processes to be something that we can duplicate? What are the tasks that we have asked this employee to do? Um, And have we documented those processes? How can we best replace them quickly so that there's the least amount of pain to the organization? I see. Okay, I'm so glad that you explained that. So it really is about making sure that you have all your ducks in a row so that it isn't as um, scary. For sure, get your ducks in a row. And if one of those ducks in that row is to have a written agreement with the employee ahead of time about what the exit looks like, you can absolutely go down that path. And for some entrepreneurs, for some businesses, that feels good. Sometimes that would involve hiring a lawyer. Sometimes that would involve just, you know, putting down a process that you both agree to at the beginning. That being said, we all have hired employees that say, oh, I will give you 30 days notice. And they don't. (laughs) You know, there's really no way to hold someone's feet to that fire. So it's just, it's not about that side of it. It's actually about our mindset of approaching the fear of the employee leaving with a plan. I get it. Boy, this this is great. It really is about mindset. So, right. Instead of just uh, pretending like either it's never going to happen or when someone leaves, it, it's going to happen in the best possible way. It's thinking, okay, what if it happened in the worst possible way? How would we be unaffected, really? Right. And how could we prepare for that? I mean, And also, let's think about the fact that sometimes when people leave, it opens up these French doors of opportunity to reorganize and to reset. But we do not want the things that they were doing, the critical things that they were doing, to be dropped. Right. We want a plan in place, especially if it's a smaller business. You know, we want a plan in place to pick up the pieces quickly and and keep moving forward. Otherwise, we just spent a lot of money. We might as well just flush some cash down the toilet, yeah. um, right? And, and small businesses cannot afford to not plan for the worst. It's really true. And as you're talking about this, I'm thinking about people where I've heard them um, fret over this idea that they have people who know an awful lot that no one else knows. They have institutional knowledge. Yes. Right. And process and all these things that no one else knows and how scary that is. It is scary. It is so scary, but it is also something, I mean, it's just like if your spouse is the only one to ever get the kids ready for school. Right. And all of a sudden they go out of town. Yeah. You have got to have a plan to do that so that, I mean, at the end of the day, it's about having peace and right. alignment. And instead of chaos and these fear-driven practices in our lives, right? And so we we can infuse that into a business. You can, 
You can onboard an employee. You can meet with them weekly and go over the processes that they're doing and look at the document they created or the Loom video that they created of the processes that they're doing. And you can really stay connected and know what your employees are doing without overmanaging them. There are plenty of ways to do that. Yeah, well, and then, <laughs> boy, that is one of the keys, isn't it? With <laughs> Without overmanaging them. <laughs> People are go to extremes, one or the other, and, and not necessarily down the middle. Exactly. We don't want to go down the extreme of micromanaging what we delegate to people, but we do want to make sure we, we have a pulse. What that, what that is, what processes they're doing, what client interactions that they have and what it would look like if they weren't around again, very similar to our spouses. Like if, if he, if I don't know how to get the kids to football practice, Right. And what kind of gear I need to take with me, a big ball gets dropped immediately. So it's the same with employees. Know the basics of what they're doing. Stay connected. Know their pain points. Well, And that uh, helps replace them. Yes, it does. But it also helps them feel connected to the organization because you're not leaving them you know, I don't think people necessarily realize that that when they do these things, it's like uh, using your analogy of taking your kid to football practice. If you don't know what to take with them and you take them, then you're letting them down. You are. You're right? you are letting you are letting your employees down if you don't stay almost connected to the what what if they leave you, right? Yeah, because. You know, I can't think of an employee or a contract employee that I have had that actually feels empowered when I say, oh, you just do your thing. I don't need to know anything about it. (laughs) Right? Like, yeah, Yeah. there is an independent Uh part of who I am Uh that certainly likes to have that permission in a way but not fully. Right. Our employees also don't fully need that. We a- they actually needed us to say, okay, what does it look like when you post something on social media for me? What do you- what are those steps that you take? Oh my gosh, if I were to do this little part of what I do differently, it would actually help you post that on social media more efficiently. That's staying connected. Right. Right. So let's talk some about delegating because this really is a huge thing for small business owners. And and it, it's that push and pull between I can't do everything and I don't necessarily trust other people to do things like I do it as well as I do it with the same um, commitment to it, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. So how, how, you know, talk to the listeners about how to delegate in a way that is comfortable. Okay. Well, let's talk about the, let me just mention what the actual definition is of delegation. Oh, okay. And delegation is, um, like when you Google it, you'll find like two 
basic definitions. And one is the expression or application of human creative skill and imagination. And the second is the conscious use of skill and creative imagination, especially in the production of aesthetic objects, right? And so we pause and we're like, wait a second, delegation sounds so masculine. It sounds like all this strategy. It sounds like there's a specific way to do that. Yes, there is some strategy to delegating, but it is actually this art form. It is actually a creative dance that we do when we hand somebody a task and we ask them to complete it for us, right? And so, yes, there's some steps within that, but it's more about this art form of receiving support and that equal exchange of energy when we ask someone to do something and they do it for us, then it really is about those, that specific delegation process. You know, I love this concept of receiving support as opposed to handing off a function or a task. It's interesting. It's It, it goes back to mindset, but it is really a different way of looking at it. Right. And it's just really more of an art form. How could we creatively do this together in a way that makes us both feel good? And on Mm -hmm. one side to feel I, for me to hand somebody off, I want to feel like that will be completed. Like that would um, get to the goal line at the right time. And that that would, you know, keep my clients happy. And so then what does that look like? That means I need to choose the person who the task goes to, that's the right person. I need to give them really clear objectives Mm. and say like, hey, success would look like X if you were to do this project for me. And then they start working on it. And then we monitor and evaluate and talk as it goes. Is it working or is it not? You don't just hire someone and immediately delegate everything to them. It takes time to learn that dance. Yeah, boy, that is great. And how does uh, a business owner know when they it's time to hire that support? Are there certain indicators? Well, sure. Except I would say the number one indicator is you started your business. Not <laughs> a single one of us is made to do it all yeah. and do it all alone. We really do need a tribe. We really thrive off of not spinning our wheels and doing it all. We really are um, very much like in The Big Leap. Have you read that book? Oh, no. It's one of my favorites. Um, He talks about we have these different zones in our lives. We have zones of genius, which is those tasks that we just excel at, that we could just do for 12 hours straight and know we don't even notice time. And then we have zones of genius, zones of excellence. And that's the things that we do well, we're good at, but it takes us a little bit longer to do it, but we can make a lot of money doing it. And then we have zones of competence and incompetence. And those kind of explain themselves. Yeah. Competence is <laughs> stuff we can do, but you know, almost anybody could do it. And in incompetences, I could sit on Canva for hours <laughs> and really not nail it. Yeah. Right. And so we really need to think about that when we are are delegating tasks to people, right? And when we are hiring, because the day I start my business, 
I got to learn how to start do a website and set up my bookkeeping and and do sales and marketing and 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 right yeah and so I think if more entrepreneurs were to lean into hiring someone virtually one hour a week to support them it could it could help their business grow abundantly just with that one hour of support. And that could just be whatever the one thing is you hate the very, very most that makes you want to gag, hand it to someone else. (laughs) And then with hiring, we have data, right? Like we can do a hiring return on investment calculation. When does it matter? When does it count for us to actually hire? Um. And what do those numbers really look like? You would just take um, how much it, what your hourly rate of pay is. You can calculate that. Um, and if if the person you're hiring, you would pay twenty five dollars an hour to do a task, and what you make and bill to your clients is a hundred dollars an hour. It makes sense pretty quickly. Yeah to hire some support. And that's the numbers of it. But then we have the energy of it, right? Like when we have a long to-do list and we have all these things, it holds our energy down and we are less effective and less efficient with the task that we are doing, Hmm. even if they're things that are in our zone of genius. So for example, just in my home, can I clean my house? You bet I can. Mm -hmm. But... Does it make more sense energetically and probably probably on based on my hourly rate to hire someone to consistently come in and do those cleaning tasks and and let me feel that energetic release and that feeling back to receiving support. When we receive, it does change the way that we show up in this world and how much more efficiently and effectively we can do the bigger task in our business. Yeah, that that is so interesting. I, I love that. I, I'm really I'm sitting in that concept. It's it's so so interesting. Um, so let's talk about hiring for a minute. Uh, you believe that hiring is all about alignment and creativity, and then a little bit of strategy. Um, talk to me about what you mean by that? What what does that look like? Well, what it looks like for hiring is first getting curious about, especially in a smaller business, especially when you're an entrepreneur and you need to have a a team um, or you just need a couple of people or even just one person. Like It's just about getting creative about what is it that I need support with? What is it that I don't enjoy doing? What is it that drains me? What is it that Mm -hmm. takes forever to do? Getting curious and just allowing myself to make a list or auditing my time for one week, like writing down on an hourly basis what I just worked on and trying to get a handle on were those revenue generating activities or was I spinning my wheels? Right. Right. And so that's where I say, Hiring starts with this curiosity and this creativity instead of just this like strategy of how do I hire? Actually, it's 
what do I need and what do I desire in my business? And then going down the hiring rabbit hole. And then the next thing, of course, I think I said was mindset. Yep. We've got a lot of mindset to overcome to say that we are, um, it makes sense for us to hire um, or, yeah. well, we're not revenue general. Like I don't have enough recurring revenue. How could I possibly hire somebody who depends on me? Well, guess what? A lot of people you can hire virtually, you can hire on a project basis. You can say, wait, this is a longer term investment. If I'm hiring somebody to build my website and it's going to pay off over three years, not one year. Um, and we just have to kind of look at it from a little bit different lens Right. Otherwise, we're we're into that scarcity mindset. Yeah. And we're letting letting that not allow us to be supported, which then makes us feel alone, which then makes us spin our wheels, which then means we often go back to working for somebody else. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's the first start of the hiring process is I say just get creative, just get curious about it. And then heck, like make a job description. But what is a job description? A job description is actually a list of your desires, your needs, and your expectations, and your boundaries around that. And then you're putting it out in the world and saying, this is what my business needs. And then you're able to actually receive the right person because they're like, oh, hey, look, this person's got great boundaries. Oh, this person already knows what have it's already written down their expectations. They have clarity. And that clarity is going to attract me to their business. And I want to work for someone who has clarity. I do not want to work for somebody who just dumps everything on me and doesn't give me any clear direction. Okay, I have a question about that. Yes. Uh, so I, I love that. Um, and I and I've been thinking as we've been talking about this, about hiring for culture fit. Yes. And not necessarily task. So is that what you're talking about as far as boundaries and and what you want from, I mean, really you're talking about someone who's going to partner with you and your business to help it succeed. Right, right. So when we make a job description, you know, we say we want you to work on X, Y, and Z. We want you to have this kind of attitude. These are the working hours that we expect. This is, you know, I don't want to have a virtual assistant or somebody who is not available during the working hours if I need them to reschedule all my clients, right? Like, it's just about getting clear on that side of it. But then the next step is actually when we're hiring, I say that we have two pillars of hiring. Okay. And and also in that job description, you need to infuse your values, yeah. your, your business why, your mission, so that somebody else knows what that is. That's why it's cool to have a job description that's not outdated, that is actually about your business and not just like a generic administrative assistant position. Mm-hmm. We've seen a million of those online, right? But when it's clear, specific to your business, people know how their skill set fits with your organization. That's when we start talking about culture. But when we're actually hiring, I say that we have these two pillars that we really need to think about when we hire a candidate or when we interview anyone. And the first is, do they fit? Do they fit with my organization? And when I say that, that could mean 
do they fit within the team that I already have? Do they, do they, um, you know, do their hours fit? Does their availability fit? Do, does their personality fit with me and my team? And then the second pillar is, do they raise the bar? I love this question because it really makes me think each time I'm hiring or helping a client hire, I think about, do they raise the bar in the organization? Now, sometimes that makes us think like, oh, wait, are we going to hire all type A intense people? No, no, no. Sometimes hiring the bar, hiring someone who raises the bar is hiring that person who is the laid back personality, Mm. who is the Zen, who is the wealth welcoming body in our organization, right? And so we just, and that also goes with fit, right? But I like to ask myself, does this raise the bar of where we're at currently? And does this person fit? And pretty quickly, if you, if, if the answer to is no to one of those, they're, they're not somebody that you should hire. Wow. That's great. That's great. I mean, this is all great. I I so appreciate this information. It is so clear and hopeful in in an interesting sort of way. You know, it's like, hey, I can do this. I I can get these people who actually lift up my organization and, and get me to a place where I'm doing the things that are really in my zone of genius instead of everything. And so not doing anything terribly well. Uh, and it, that's great. It's because we don't want to burn out. Yeah. We don't. And I really believe in my heart of hearts that burnout is is a real side effect of not going after our desires, of not asking for support, yeah. and for not being clear on where we're headed, you know, and not doing those things we're passionate about. When right. we do everything, we burn out. Yeah, we do. We we're, we're not built like that. We're built to have a tribe. We're built to be a wolf pack. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Our, cult, our culture has kind of sent us this message, particularly as women, that we have to do it all. We have to look perfect yeah. while we do it. We have to have dinner on the table. <laughs> we have to be making millions and. And that story with our friends of who's the most exhausted. <laughs> we gotta let it's that a badge go. of honor, right? It's like a badge of honor. It is yeah. not a badge of honor. What is it? Why is the conversation at, with our friends not who has the most support, who leans in to support the most, who delegates the most? Because guess what? We can also delegate to our families. Delegation is not just about those we hire. Delegation, when we're creative about it, we think, like, what could I give? What task could I give? I have two 10-year-old boys. What task could I give the 10-year-old boys that would make me feel supported today? Well, it's lame. But if today the the, um, napkins are empty on the table and I want those refilled and I don't want to do it myself, I can just ask, hey, would you mind doing that or put it in their chore app or whatever that is? But that's being supported too. And that's not doing it all. And it's little micro actions of delegation that create the feeling of support in our lives. Boy, that is that is gold. 
I mean, that is so great because I think sometimes we think people are going to give us pushback if we ask them to, especially our kids, you know, if we ask them to do something, so we don't, but we're not realizing that there's the potential that they want to help, that they want to feel like they're participating and contributing. And, and especially with these little micro things that they're, it's not overly taxing for them to do. But it alleviates one more thing from our list. Right. And then we can practice this and we can teach them yeah. this too, right? Like I say, when I ask my kids to do little things like, like that, I say it, oh my gosh, I feel so, so supported. Thank you for helping me out today. Mm, right. And then guess what? They're also more likely to say, hey, mom, I forgot my water bottle. Do you have anything in the car? Do you mind getting me one? Like they feel like they can... Be vulnerable too. Right. Right. Yeah. I love it. Being creative, being curious, little steps, looking at things differently. Yeah, this is this is so great, Dot. I, I really appreciate you spending this time. I think this is an invaluable episode and just gonna change a lot of entrepreneurs' lives. So thank you for doing this. Yes, it's my pleasure. This is that you know, this is what I am so deeply passionate about. Yeah. Um and I have been a part of large organizations where hiring practices needed to be revamped because a lot of these little things were were missing. Um and you can implement this in large organizations and you can implement this at home. Yep. But the words delegation, the word hiring scares people. And it feels so deeply masculine, uh-huh. both of those words. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it's all about the how and all about the strategy. And it's actually all about the why. Yeah, It's actually all about having that clarity and and leaning into it. Absolutely. Wow. It is great. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you, please? Well, absolutely. Um, they can find me on Instagram, dot underscore rock. That is one great place to find me and DM me from there. Um, I'm launching a podcast soon, but that'll be about a month away. It'll be called The Power of Oxygen First, all about putting on our oxygen mask first to take care of ourselves first before we do anything else, including hiring or growing a business. Um, and then the another way is just dot rock cons- dot rock consulting dot com is my website. Excellent, thank you. I'll make sure all that yeah is in the show notes. Congratulations on uh, starting the podcast. And oh, thanks again. Thank you, and listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again, On another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? 
Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. 